Welcome to the Millionaire Next Door podcast with Robert Curtis, CFP, accredited investment fiduciary from Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. In this podcast, we help successful wealth accumulators like you looking to transition to a work optional lifestyle by helping you build strategies for growing and maintaining your wealth. Robert draws from years of experience and fiduciary responsibility and interviews guest experts to help you build reliable strategies to grow and maintain your wealth. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to The Millionaire Next Door with Robert Curtis. I'm Patrice Sakora. Hey, Robert, it's good to be talking to you again. How are things? Oh, you too, Patrice. Yeah, things, things are good. Things are, are really good. Uh, yeah. We are sort of transitioning out of summer here into fall and mm-hmm. uh we're in late september of 2023 but things are good and uh i just wanted to come on this will be a solo podcast uh but share some things uh, that have been on my mind sort of things i've been thinking about within the practice with respect to client experiences things we've been um working on and thought i'd just share some uh, a number of thoughts of things that have been going on. Well, here you are. You say you've been thinking it's a great time of year to think. It's fall. It's a little reflective. So tell us what is on your mind. What's been on your mind? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Certainly the financial planning process. You know, I'm a certified financial planner. I've been doing that for 25 years. So um, the process is very fluid and dynamic. I, I think back to the early days when when we used to do it and and sort of how it's done Across the industry in general, my sense is, I have a strong sense of this because I'm pretty deep in the space, a a lot of folks and teams, it's sort of a document, a checklist, a blueprint, and unfortunately ends up being oftentimes sort of this plan or this three-ring binder that goes up on the bookshelf in someone's study or den, uh, gathering dust, and, and it's just sort of a document. You know, our process is, it's really a much more dynamic process that unfolds as, as life unfolds and as needs evolve. We, we often introduce different aspects of our planning process to help clients and meet them where they're at. You know, in the end of the day, I mean, clients, what they simply want is liberation and order in their lives and a process that addresses that. So that's what we're doing. That's what I've been thinking about, just that process and where we really exist um, and where we really live uh, at the intersection of sort of family finance, you know, clients' health, their family dynamics, their money, all, all that. So we've had, you know, we've had that going on on a continuous basis. And that's what I've been thinking about. And also sort of reflecting back on a few of the recent podcasts we've done, just just a lot of folks are listening. I, I got word from, you know, our team that we've we're well north of fifteen thousand listens. So we're obviously reaching okay. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're listening that's, to the whole episode. Oh, go ahead. You've had some yeah. very dynamic guests, very interesting guests. Yeah. And so I'm thinking back about that. And so I'm getting a lot of great feedback. For for example, the episode we just did with Tom West, a colleague of mine, episode 36 on life care and aging. I got some really amazing comments. People really appreciated what was said and that that interaction. 
And so if you haven't listened to that, I'd encourage you to do so. We're, we're working on that, those types of issues on a regular basis, mm-hmm. daily. And uh, what I really like is that this is a resource now that can be liked, that can be shared. If you know someone who's experiencing that, who, who could benefit by that discussion, uh, please share it. I mean, it, it's an evergreen kind of resource that those issues are not going away. I started the podcast. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's a little bit of a blur, but a couple of years ago, <laughs> yes. and we're on episode thirty-seven. It's now had, yeah, as I mentioned, north of thirty, uh, north of fifteen thousand views in a hundred, well north of a hundred countries. But it was really a way just to connect with clients deeper while we and other folks while we were, um, you know, experience a lockdown. And so we've continued to grow the process, but the podcasts have been really good and, and I'm getting a lot of good feedback and just, just as a resource. So another one just to highlight, the private lending, episode 35. We did that of getting really good feedback um, from folks who don't understand that area or maybe folks who were already involved with that and had some allocations to take a deeper dive and unpack it. Uh, there I interviewed Phil Hasbrook. He's one of the lead managers at the second largest private credit manager in the world. Uh, they are actually the entire index in that space is named after um, the, the entity and the firm he works for. So we've had a lot of value there, but it just helps people unpack that. Just going da- down the road a little bit because it's I'm just taking a little stock in all this. An episode I really want to emphasize Probably a number of you heard it. If you haven't, you should. It's episode 31 with Pat Miles. She's the author of Before All Is Said and Done. And if you heard it, it'll be it'll be tough to tough to forget. Uh, she has she was a longtime uh the newscaster in the Minneapolis area. Mm-hmm. I remember for that. like three decades. And at any rate. I just had lunch uh, last week with someone. I happened to be discussing the podcast. He said he's from Minneapolis. He said, well, who who are you talking about? I told him, he goes, oh, I know who she is. You know, I, yeah, everybody knows who she is. So at any rate, quickly, the story, just as a, just to retell it. And, and this is a great resource. She thought she really had it together. She was on a second marriage. This was to a the love of her life, but a very, very wildly successful attorney. His name was Bucky, and he was a former professional tennis player. He played in the U.S. Open against Arthur Ashe. Mm-hmm. So competing at the highest level, uh, they really thought they had everything together and their lives were in order. They they went on vacation. He got a cancer, a uh, very aggressive one that one, one like one of those pancreatic where you can't really screen for. They're just sort of there and it, it shows up and and passed very quickly. She thought everything was planned out. It wasn't. <laughs> right. And so she she shared that. I mean, she was grieving, but she was pretty upset with her former spouse for not taking care of these things. Um, there's when a great we say picture. Things weren't things weren't set. We're talking estate planning, right? Estate planning, and yes, and estate planning. It's not again. That's not a simple yeah. document that's one and done. This is a dynamic process, ultimately. So, 
it's, she just shared a picture on LinkedIn with her and her husband. You know, they're both really nice looking people, you know, who look really successful. They're smiling. They're well-dressed. They, they, this was her quote. She said, in our minds, we were all set for life. But as it turned out, we weren't set for death. Uh, so it really struck an image. And then the, she goes on to state the book is for anyone. Oh, she's written this book. So I encourage you to get it or maybe share it. Um, the book is for anyone who is currently trying to navigate the challenge of widowhood. But it is also for anyone in a relationship who I implore to read this well before death comes knocking at the door. Mm-hmm. I believe that this book can help others avoid the mistakes and pitfalls encountered by so many newly widowed people. So what she's imploring, and I share this, is it's not just once you're newly widowed, but read this beforehand. She shares how these things didn't occur. Now the husband's gone. She shares examples of, uh, especially during COVID, you know, passwords and things like that weren't shared. And so now you have people, loved ones, unable to visit. Uh, they're trying to communicate passwords to somebody in a hospital setting with nurses around and phlebotomists and other healthcare professionals, and it's it's just not well done. So I implore people to listen ahead of time. This is a resource people can share, but the fact that we've sort of recorded that, gotten into her mind, she's already been through it. And she's interviewed dozens and dozens of people who've experienced this widowhood what to do ahead of time. So, so just really, you know, kind of grateful that we've done that. And just one other point I got to, I'm going to bring up with respect to prior podcasts real quick, because you mentioned estate planning. And then I kind of want to move on a little bit. There is an episode 21 we did a while back on estate planning. And I get asked all the time about estate planning. We're, we're deep in the process. I guide people through it. We don't do the actual documents. But in episode 21, I interviewed Jeff Brooks. He's a former very high-level estate planning attorney. And I was actually able to go over kind of behind behind the desk with him and really get the inside view and ask a lot of questions and have a great discussion and, and get his view on what, what people um, should be thinking about. Here's the thing. With that podcast, it was actually password protected. And this was a result of Jeff's employer wanted to be password protected. None of the other podcasts are password protected. So here's the thing. Almost no one listened to it because it, it, they didn't have, maybe they didn't have the passcode or it was just an extra step. The passcode is a state planning. It's very simple. Estate planning. It's all lowercase. I had a little trouble accessing this off my phone. If you go to like a PC or a laptop, click on older, uh, episodes, you you should see it in estate planning, lowercase is the passcode. I encourage people to folks to listen to that because I've had a lot of requests. I, I'm trying to set up some more podcasts to go deeper down that road, but that was really good. And, and very few people got to hear that and share Jeff's wisdom. So just wanted um, and to again, bring that up. That was episode 21. I believe it was 21. Yeah. Okay. With Jeff Brooks. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so so those are some thoughts about where we've been, kind of catching our breath, um, but getting some great feedback. Uh, you know, other thoughts are around just sort of the conversations we're having, you know, intergenerationally with families, with guiding them. I, I, heard, a, I heard a great story recently from uh, someone I 
you didn't have a chance to work with and really impressed as I thought about it, about his communication of, you know, within the family. Uh, he was explaining to his, his grandchildren and he had prior explained to his children some of his values and dynamics around money, which, which is just so important. In this case, uh, the gentleman was – he was an immigrant who had actually escaped Nazi Germany. Um, obviously, a lot of his relatives and friends didn't. So he got to this country, thankfully, without penniless. Eventually, he, he got a job in public transportation, working you know, for a transportation agency somewhere on the East Coast. Um, he did that job for 30 years, got a pension for life. And he was explaining to his kids and his grandkids, you know, just the power and the beauty of of and some of what we see and maybe we take for granted. But when your money actually makes more money than than you do. Mm -hmm. So in other words, his pension for life and for his wife's life, too, was making more than he ever made doing, you know, working a hard job, you know, 40 hours a week. And he just, yeah, I mean, having escaped Nazi Germany and then and then ending up there, sort of, uh, you know, the lowest of lows and some some really nice highs. So I thought that was amazing. And and just just other discussions, even with my own son, he's 20 years old. So I mentioned this a while back on the podcast. He had opened up a Roth IRA, did it all by himself about a year ago, put some money in there from a summer job he was working at, reached out to me about a week or so ago. He he wanted to go over investments because he really hasn't done anything with that. He needed some guidance. Um, shared some thoughts, and then, um, which actually, he's a busy college kid, took the form of text messages. So I sent him some thoughts. Uh, he texts me back. He's implemented those decisions. He then he says, "Should I have done a? I did it as a market order. Should I have done it as a limit order?" And I'm like, <laughs> "This is great. This is great." Well. In this case, it happened to be things that have very high liquidity, like millions of shares traded each day, I explained, with, where you can uh, go on in a text and not be too long, but trying to impart some wisdom. So he's fine with the market order. If things that are more thinly traded, uh, would you know, we'd probably want to implement a limit order as a mm -hmm. best practice. It, just other best practices we have, and I'll just let folks know, we we typically will not enter orders in the first 15 minutes of the trading day or the last 15. There's a little bit of an order flow issue there. It shouldn't be, you know, a big deal with, with QQQ or AAPL or something like that, mm -hmm. but just a best practice so that the, the morning is orderly. Uh, there's, there's a healthy uh, balance of, of buyers and sellers and a market for it. So mm -hmm. I explained some of that, but I was just thrilled that he had done it. He implemented it. It's great, you know? And so, um, you know, other discussions we've had together, I've had with both my son and my daughter. And I remember this very clearly when I was their age. So, you know, you get your first job, right? you get your paycheck and you're so excited <laughs> yes. and you look at it. Okay. You know where I'm going with this, oh, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Just this absolute jaw drop and this sticker shock of uh, the withholdings that take place for taxes, social security, uh, Medicare, you know, and what? Your, and then your first paycheck, 
You have no clue what these all are. Yeah, you have no clue. You have no clue. And so um, at any rate, just explaining to them that, you know, in my own experience, I'll never forget it. So, you know, I really hearken back to to why, um, you know, a huge part of our process to this day and with every client relationship and everyone we're looking at is is tax minimization and tax efficiency. It has to be. We have a good amount of control there, you know, as long as we're following the rules and the guidance and uh, people can save that. They're, they're, um, they're law-abiding taxpayers, but mm-hmm. there's a really, really big haircut. And I'm going to circle back to that in a little bit you'll hear about. But that's a big focus for us because we can control and we can make some meaningful contributions to clients. And they really appreciate that. They, they feel it. And that's important to everybody. Other things I'm thinking about is just sort of the degrees of empowerment clients give us. Typically, we can help them best when they empower this the most. But we do strive to be in a very close partnership, a relationship, kind of a sounding board process. And a lot of people like to still have some control over that process. In other words, they don't want to just shift control completely over us to make all the decisions. They like to be informed and actually give the authorization. And on a, um, you know, inside professional level, that is called non-discretionary versus discretionary. Let me, that's a, you know, inside baseball mm-hmm. term, but let me explain what that actually means. Um, we do very, very custom asset management. We build the portfolios from scratch. We manage them. We maintain them. Um, most all the firms and other teams in the country, they go with one of five models. There's five models that are going to work for, for everybody and that you're going into one of them. So Patrice, uh, you're a growth and income client. You're going into model three regardless. And there's not really this interactive dynamic process. So and we actually unpacked with, with Tom West in that interview, how that, how that's so important to have the customization, especially if we're we're dealing with someone with healthcare needs and now maybe they're paying a caregiver, things like that, interacting with the family. But people want this individual, the, the folks we deal with want that level of engagement and they'd like to know what what's going on. So interestingly, and where this comes into play quite a bit on the side, you may or may not know, but our firm has been vetted such that we'll receive pretty regularly introductions from our from custodians like Charles Schwab from Fidelity to their very best clients. Oftentimes these are very high net worth clients with sometimes more complex situations. Like for example, mm-hmm. they might have a highly appreciated stock uh, or something with with a very low cost basis, a large amount of unrealized capital gains, very concentrated. I mean, a typical thing we'll see on a routine basis and where we have a lot of expertise and and work on a lot of relationships, somebody put $100,000 into Apple or Microsoft or NVIDIA or Caterpillar or something like that. It's now worth $3 million and they have like $2.9 million in unrealized capital gain Mm. uh, in addition to other assets. So. They don't really know how to deal with that, even if they're a do-it-yourselfer. They want to discuss the strategies, what are, what are some of the ta- tactics that we use. And we, we focus, 
we have a lot of expertise in that space. So we have those discussions, but we do it completely uh, in partnership on a custom basis. We're not just going to exit them out of the, all their positions because they're 87% all in one stock. A lot of firms yeah. will, or they, you know, so we have to pay attention to the tax nuances to guide them out through a combination of strategies. We often pair them with some alternatives and things like the private lending discussed, you know, in the episode with Phil Hasbrook, episode 35, often things that are extremely lowly correlated to stock and bond markets. But that's called non-discretionary. And interestingly, the firms that that actually elevate and do get vetted to be introduced by the custodians, which is pretty small. It's my understanding it's about 40 firms in the entire United States. So that's pretty elite company. And there's a lot of investigation and research on those um, those firms, those custodians, you know, with respect to their processes, their personnel, how they operate, their prior experiences, um, et cetera. Of those, about there's something like three that do the non the non-discretionary, what we do. So we're one of three. So it really is a big differentiator and it's really important to folks. So just want to emphasize that, but it really comes into play with different relationships. And we um, we did highlight it again, specifically with the context of like aging care and things like that and the conversation with, with um, Tom West. But that's, you know, that's been a big differentiator. That's something I want to emphasize. And other things are sort of how we just engage clients in our partnership. We, 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 Generally, are striving for what we call a 12-4-2 call rotation process. What that means is we reach out 12 times a year, probably every month or as needed to clients to check in. About four times a year, we'll really have a deeper dive on that quarterly, right, to let them know what's going on with their accounts, the markets, but really get info back from them what's going on on their lives. So, you know, what's important, what's on their uh, radar. Mm-hmm. Is there anything they want us to focus on? Are there tax issues? Are there family dynamics? Is there any change in health? Are there any upcoming expenses? Is there an upcoming retirement? Any real sort of moments of truth, we call them. Uh, maybe someone gets accepted as, at a college, their their child. I, I recently had one and found out one of the dear client I've worked with years for, they they have three children. One's a senior in high school. The other two just recently went into UCLA, you know, one of the top oh, schools in the nice. country. I mean, a big, a big milestone we had saved for their college retirement for years. So those checks. And then on the 1242, the two is twice a year. We call that strategy and tactical sessions. That's where we'll take a deeper dive, really looking strategies, what we're going to do tactically. And the thing is, these are not like just your basic portfolio review. Let's rehash the last 12 months, what we've done, what happened in the markets, yada, yada. People don't really want to hear that that much. They want more of a forward-looking, future-pacing conversation. So we're trying to, we have a process for for doing that. And we like to do that and... um engage and you know again it's about them sharing what's important what's going on in their lives and how we can um you know what we can do to really facilitate that maybe they are checking items off their bucket list just 
just we deal with it all the time. But yesterday I got a call from a woman. She's she's a widow, as it turns out, and we had worked with her husband in the past. She's she owes some taxes because we've done really well with the portfolio. We had to free up some for a um, tax payment due in October. Mm -hmm. Um, She recently just reached out and she actually spoke to my assistant on this, but she, she said she needs to free up another 60 grand. There's an upcoming trip to Greece and Turkey. She plans to take. And so that is, that is, it's a big trip. Yeah. And so um, at this point it'll engender some taxes because everything is at a good gain, but you know, checking that item off the bucket list, she's, she's well into her eighties. She's able to move. She'd had, you know, I've been through hearing the stories of her hip surgery. So that's good to go. <laughs> More power and to her though. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm really, really blessed just getting to do this and, and on a regular and routine basis, we get, uh, I just heard from a client, they're going to Patagonia. You know, I've got another mm. guy doing a major swim in, in Spain. People are all over. So it's really fun that we get to hear about this. When when cash requests come in and that kind of stuff, it's pretty routine to pay for someone's education, a roof, their trips, whatever it is. You know, we 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 um, we use what's called our process. Uh, that's sort of thing we very much um, sort of patented objective, unemotional, and rules-based. So it really helps in those decisions. We look at tax minimization. We balance high tech with high touch. Uh, a lot of, we just partner with clients to sort of serve as their noise canceling headphones. Uh, I've said that a lot, but I, I'd kind of like to explain what, what that means a little bit, and maybe, maybe wrap up on that. But for example, a lot of folks are listening to the news all the time or worried about things. Obviously, a very big issue right now, there's inflation, there's higher interest rates, higher for longer, we hear. There's also, and you tell me, Patrice, have you heard about this, a shutdown of the government possibly coming? Have you heard about this? Well, or we is get, that those, something? we get those warnings all the time. We, <laughs> whenever, the, whenever we push up against the budget limits, there's always, yeah. oh, the government could shut down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I want to give a little perspective on that. We just we dealt with this recently talking about the the you know the but the um the spending limits, right? That got right, solved right. a while back. But we were doing a lot and we're still doing for very conservative clients. For example, now their T bills, their treasury bills, short-term treasury bills, we're getting like five and a half percent state tax free. A year right. ago that was 0.5. Yeah. So someone with a million dollars, just to make the math easy, that's $55,000 free. A year ago, they were getting 500. <laughs> but in that process, and most people were fine and sort of got it, there were definitely some folks who got concerned about the debt ceiling and are we going to be okay and are we going to get our payment? Well, we assured them we'd seen this before. I remember one client saying, no, it's never happened. I'm like, it's definitely mm-hmm. happened. I remember mm-hmm. talking about this years past. So so I wanted to share a little bit of perspective now, the shutdown, which is a little bit different than the debt ceiling. Uh, just a piece I read recently from First Trust, their economic team that's absolutely fantastic, been following them weekly for over 20 years. They've been really, really good. But here's some thoughts they had, and I thought this was great and worth sharing, just to give perspective 
sort of an emphasis on the the kind of conversations we have and the what I call the noise canceling headphones or just the facts, you know, versus uh, what we hear in the news. So we had two shutdowns. This is, you know, historically on the government shutdowns. We had two shutdowns in late 1995 and early 1996 and saw no recession either time. Mm -hmm. There was a shutdown in 2013, no recession. There was a brief shutdown early in 2018, no recession. The most recent shutdown was the longest, 35 days from December 2018 through January 2019. You guessed it, no recession. So the last time a shutdown coincided with the recession was in October 1990. That was only a four-day shutdown, but money was already tight and a recession was inevitable either way. So here's another way to think about it. In the last 40 years, the government has been shut for 91 days. Mm. Among those days, the U.S. was in recession for four days and not in recession for 87. By contrast, in the past 40 years, the U.S. has been in recession about 8% of the time, something we emphasize. It, it happens. There's a cycle. They do occur. We've been through many of those. That means, But that means the economy was more likely to be growing when the federal government was shut than when it was open. Right. So this doesn't mean a recession can't start in the fourth quarter of 2023. But if we do get a recession, it'll be a coincidence due to the laggard effects of tighter monetary policy of the last year, not a shutdown itself. And note that unlike some other budget confrontations in the past – this one does not involve paying the federal debt. For better or worse, the debt limit has been suspended until January 2025. This means that even if the government is shut, all the debt will get paid on time. There will be no default. Social Security checks and other benefits will still go out. The mail still gets delivered. Essential government workers keep working, including those needed for national defense. The government is not the economy, even though many in D.C. and many voters think it is. But those that produce wealth are the ones who have to pay for it. And the cost keeps going up. In 1930, the federal government was about 2% of GDP. Today, that percentage is 22%. The government has grown about 10 times more than the economy as a whole. Debt is, a rec debt is at a record high with higher interest rates and rapidly rising entitlement costs. We're on an unsustainable path. Mm -hmm. Those are the facts. <laughs> that's our view. That comes from First Trust. I think that's most people are resonating with that. That's why we think it makes sense to engage with us, to have a process a partner, those will not be the common seas um, to sail across, in, in my opinion. And that's why we think people want a partner. But quite frankly, I've been through a number of these, but calm seas never produced a skilled sailor. So we really appreciate the partnership with our clients and we're trying to help them and give them perspective and walk them through family issues, uh, economy, etc. But that's kind of how we're seeing it today. And those are some thoughts on my mind. And uh, 
I just wanted to share them as we're in late September and, um, and thank you so much to everyone for listening to the podcast and, and share it. Some of those, um, prior episodes, if, if someone can benefit from that and, and, and then lastly, I do just want to say, um, I've said this in the past, but as a reminder, as a value-added service to clients, me and my team will make ourselves available as a sounding board to anyone you think could benefit by an introduction to us or a conversation with no expectation that they do business with us. I mean, it's just a value-added service to our clients. So a client took us up on this uh about a year ago, she's a wonderful client we've worked with for many years, manage about $3 million for her. And she asked if we would take a look at her sister's account. Her sister's retired. She's not comfortable with her current advisor, hasn't had great results, not a lot of great communication or interaction. Her sister's account is about $100,000. No offense to anyone, but that's really not a great fit for where we devote our energies. We have a smaller book and we, we focus and go deeper usually with some larger clients. Um, but as it turns out, we were delighted to take a look at this because, you know, her sister is really important to her. So she's really important to us. So we took a deep dive. We took a look, gave her some thoughts. She, she asked if she could move over to us. And we said yes, and we actually were able to drop her billing dramatically and price it sort of from a household perspective along with her sister. Obviously, the accounts are kept separate, but the reality is she could have never worked with a team like ours with our kind of level of experience and process and et cetera, and got her at a great price, and we're delighted to do it because she's family um, she's part of that. And that's a big favor to the client too. So we've had a really nice relationship. She's so appreciative ever since she's been engaged about a year ago, it's worked out really well. So it's just an offer. I know there's a lot of folks who are possibly feeling uh, a little bit of disease or discomfort with, with some of their relationships or, or possibly just looking to engage someone to help them with this process. So I wanted to put that out there. Thank everyone for liking and sharing the podcast and listening, and uh, we'll try and keep you know, keep going. And the goal here is really to just create more value all the time. We have a great process, but we're never satisfied with exactly how it is. We always want to be dialing it in and improving it more. So thanks for being here. Well, before you go, Robert, tell everyone how they can reach you. Sure. My email is a great way to, uh, to reach me. It's Curtis, R-C-U-R-T-I-S-S at S-E-I-A dot com. Uh, you can reach me on Facebook, LinkedIn, typically in the show notes to the podcast. It, all that information is detailed. So, so check there. I should be searchable and highly findable online as well. Well, thank you, Robert. Great thoughts on this podcast. And listeners, as Robert said, follow the podcast, share the podcast, contact Robert. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Millionaire Next Door podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. Signature Estate and Investment Advisors, LLC, SEIA, is an SEC-registered investment advisor. However, such registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training 
and no inference to the contrary should be made. Securities offered through Signature Estate Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through SEIA LLC, 2121 Avenue of the Stars, Suite 1600, Los Angeles, California, 90067. Telephone number 310-712-2323.